This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This is the besotted Pride of West London weekend review. And I'm Billy Grant, and I'm sitting here the day after we lost yet another game at New Griffin Park. Norwich City came down. I would say Norwich City, who hadn't won a game, had come down to New Griffin Park. Had only scored two goals, and they were 2-0 up within half an hour, and they went out 2-1 winners. A little bit of a gutter, so we thought that we'll, we'll mull over it for the evening, have a few beers, sit down and chat with your mates... And then Sunday, we've sat around and we are actually going to review that game. We're going to review the weekend. My name's Billy Grant. And like I said to you, I'm a little bit gutted. I'm sitting here with my chums. I've got Laney in the house. How are you? I'm all right, mate. Yeah. Um, yeah it was a bit of a bit of a difficult afternoon's viewing, wasn't it, yesterday? Um, these these podcasts are always harder, aren't they, when we've lost, especially after losing four on the trot. But uh, it's important we sort of chew the fat and we kind of unpick what we saw yesterday. So, as always, lots to talk about. Um, Definitely looking forward, looking forward to chewing the fat, as they say. We've got a new bee in the house as well. We've got Tommy L in the house. Tommy, how are you? Uh, I'm very well, Billy. Thank you. Long time listener, first time caller and all that. That's right, that's right, you know, you... <laughs> and it's good to get, like I said to you, it's always good to get different points of views on the show. Like I said, Tommy came up to us and said, listen, I really want to come on the podcast. And we said to anybody can come on the podcast if they want to, as long as you've got, especially when we do these ones, as long as you've got the technical capability. So uh, Tom's technical himself right up to date, like he's got the headphones on and he's got the uh, screwdriver out and everything and he's doing the business. So that's all good. So Tom, thanks for having you on the show. So listen, this is the weekend review. We talk about numerous things on this show today. We go through a number of key areas from the game from the weekend before and we discuss them short sharp chunks and then what we'll do is at any other points we might discuss them well I say we might discuss them in the forthcoming podcast which actually won't be this week because we've actually got a Her Game 2 podcast coming this week for the international week so we may discuss it in the match coming up next week which is the Newcastle match but the first thing that I need to ask you guys one at a time is what were your main takeaways from the fact that we lost to Norwich City yesterday Laney. My main takeaway was the fact that the unwritten rules of football that we spoke about 
are alive and they're strong the dark forces the kind of like the 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 the, the rules that we know are part of folklore that you, you can't win forever and there's always going to be the team that you think is going to be the easiest one on paper the game that you need to win there that's that's the banana skin we said that uh, Norwich were kind of down on their knees um, you know most people saying they're relegated already um, we knew that there was a chance that they were going to come to our place yesterday and turn us over uh, they they set themselves up right they put two men on all of our danger men and they did a proper job on us you know the minutes the minute silence and the uh, the last post seemed to uh, send most Brentford Brentford players into some sort of trance um, so yeah the, the no matter what league you're in the team and the, and the game that you think is going to be the easiest usually isn't and yeah you know fair play to Norwich um, they, they they probably deserve the win but it was it wasn't easy watching so yeah my main takeaway is the fact that those unwritten rules they're, they're, they're you know you, you can't dispute them you can't fire them it's, it's interesting because when we talked about the podcast on Thursday, you get it on Pride of West London as well, and uh, we were chatting on that. Um, and we also had Chris, the Norwich fan, and uh, we did quite a lot of analysis on that game as well. And we we, we checked Norwich out. And we knew what they were good at, what they were not so good at. And the one thing that they weren't good at was was pressing. They just didn't press. They just didn't bother to press in all their games. But they'd obviously done the research, and they they were like they were pressing like you know like like they they were in an ironing farm, weren't they, Laney? Yeah, it, it looked like that they had a had a real motive there. I mean, I th- I think the players were actually um, were were playing for for the manager. I think they like him. I think I think football likes him. I think most Norwich fans like him. I think you know Daniel Farker has paid a paid a big price for getting him promoted twice, and it seems you know it seems the players actually put a proper shift in they 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 were focused they didn't take their eye off the ball um they they blew themselves out in the first half you know it shows you that if you want to if you want to contain us you have to basically put 90 minutes worth of energy into 45 um that but that makes me but a little bit more hopeful is that not, not all teams are going to do that because not all teams are playing for their for their lives or their managers' lives. But it's it's um, yeah. I just say fair play Norwich, and I and I, I don't mean that flippantly, and I don't I don't and I don't use that kind of unwritten rules of football as a kind of it was inevitable. Brent, Brentford played their part in in that defeat as well. We weren't as good as we we, we could have been, should have been, um, and you know. It, but I, I, I you could smell it. Um, from the three games before, um, it, it, it meant that we needed this break, and that's that. You know, that's that. The other takeaway is, thank God we haven't got to play for two weeks. Hopefully, we can get get some fitter players and some energy levels up. Tommy L. Uh, yeah, pretty similar to Laney, really. I was hoping to, that he wasn't going to go there, but I think um, Norwich are a, are a bogey side for us, most definitely. Um, I can't remember the last time we actually beat them, probably. I think I might with Carrow Road when Pritchard and Hotter and the likes of them were in, were in the side. Yeah, uh, that was the, that was the last time we beat them at their place. The time I think the last time we beat them at our place was actually when um, what's his name just took over. Um, and their manager just took over when they're in the third tier. Alex Neil. Alex Neil. Yeah. No, it wasn't Alex Neil. No, it's the, uh, it's the other guy that was Lambert. Like Lambert. Lambert took oh, over right, for yeah. them, and uh, we played them in. You know, and he literally took over. He's sitting in the stands, and we actually beat them in that game I think it was in February 
And then after that, they never lost a game after that. They got promoted mm. straight away. Either way, it feels like an, an eternity since we've beaten them. You know? Just just one of those teams. And, and, and Dave's absolutely right. They did do a number on us. That they'd obviously done their homework and, and they worked out how to beat us. And I think uh, I think the player, their players were well up for it. I think there's a definite, um, possibly another football cliche in in that um, we do appear to be capable of lifting ourselves for the for the perceived big games, and then when the uh, the, the lesser ones come along if you like, um, we do seem to struggle, whether that's a mentality thing or, 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 or what, I, I don't quite know. Uh, you know, it's not really, uh, I can only give my fans view of it. Um, I mean, you know, but all the games at this level are hard. It doesn't matter whether it's Norwich or whether it's Liverpool or City. You know, it, we're in the Premier League now, we're playing with big boys. Uh, every all 20 teams are there on merit and, and we're not going to have an easy ride. And I think maybe we've been duped slightly with our great start. Uh, into thinking, well, yeah, this is going to be a cakewalk. We'll be fine. We'll be mid-table and all the rest of it. And actually, the last three, four games have been a bit more, a bit of a reality check. And, and, and yesterday was a real stinger in that respect. It was like, you know, it felt like a real kick in the nuts, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, we've had a few kicks of the nuts recently and they just thought they'll actually just kind of finish us off with uh, with the Norwich. And again, we keep saying this with all due respect to Norwich. We're not we're not disrespecting you. And I was on two of their podcasts, you know, beforehand and I played respect to them. And I actually said to them, look, you know, you're putting yourselves down. You actually might get a result against us because, you know, you have got decent sides. You have, you know, you, have, you do play decent football and all you need is to score a goal and it's, you're going to get your peckers up. And that's exactly what they did. You know, for me, you know, my main takeaways are, and, and it's, it's very obvious this, but we uh, were a shadow of the team that you know that started this season you know for whatever reason that may be I mean I think that we cannot you know I mean I was talking to some of my Premier League chums and I was saying to them look you know we've got injuries and we need to try and get through January December and into January you know and so we needed people like you know Arsenal today to do us favours which they did with Watford and they beat them 1-0 you know but for us we are a shadow of a team and uh and the, the the main takeaway from that, and it's been said a lot, and I think it's said on the on the post match podcast as well, Pride of West London, check that out after Norwich matches. That um, I never realised, I never, I I think I underestimated the uh, the value of Raya to our team. Not saying that we didn't know he's a good goalkeeper, but I didn't realise how, how everything else would collapse around it if he's not in the side. You know, especially if you you know you're missing you know maybe one extra defender in there because I, I think literally just the, the whole way that we play has been completely and utterly turned on its head and we haven't got the personnel at the moment to play the way that we normally do and that's why we've seen this kind of sort of ghost Brentford side this kind of really weird Brentford side that no one really understands what's going on so far my, my take my takeaway is that you know we're a shadow of the side that there was before uh, the injuries have really affected us Raya being out is 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 massive for us like really really massive for us and we need to um we 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 need this rest and we need to come up with a major plan to kind of just it's almost like put our finger in the dam i think like you know a kid to put his finger in the dam for the next few weeks um you know because it's it's not a case of trying to get wins out there as such i think it's a case of not trying to get losses and just trying to keep ourselves right in there because uh, again if we bit points and clock up the points for now on we'll be okay but as if we keep on continuing to lose like this we're going to see our heads go down I was just going to say, like, you know, is it is it really a mystery? Because, you know, Raya, I agree, miss him. He's, we're missing one and a half players with Raya because he's not only a goalkeeper, he's a, you know, he sets a lot of moves up as well. You know, Aya, we're missing him terribly. Um, Yanel, we're missing him terribly. And we've missed 
we've missed Mbwemo terribly, you know, and uh, I'm not sure, you know, Mbwemo, he, he put in a, a proper shift, but you know, it wasn't fit, um, you know, and it, it, and I was missing, and, you know, it's, it's, it's not, Without those lot, we, we aren't the same team as we set up. You know, with with them in the team, and we, we've got we've got the sort of like the raw ingredients to go back to being how we were at the beginning of the season. We just hope that they're there for the Newcastle game. Listen, right, we're going to come back to that because we've got many more points to discuss. But look, what we're going to do first of all, we're going to go over to the opposition. We're going to go over to the Norwich fans. We've got Dave Freezer from the Pinken. And also from the Eastern Daily Press as well. And he was there at the game yesterday. He's going to give us his main takeaways from that match. Dave Freezer here from the Eastern Daily Press and Norwich Evening News. My second attempt at recording this short verdict. I had tried a first time at the stadium, but was then very busy as we found out that Daniel Farker was about to be sat. So we were quickly getting our ducks in a row so that we were ready for that to be announced at half past seven. Uh, The manner of which was all a bit of a surprise, but that emphasises why there was such relief about the result. They'd gone 20 Premier League games spanning two seasons without a win, only two draws in that time. So to see them actually play well in the first half, press Brentford, work hard, have a bit of quality, had meant a great deal. And certainly at half-time, that was the best they'd played all season. Mateus Norman scoring a a good goal. He's looking like a really good signing for Norwich, to be fair. He is looking very much a Premier League player and had been threatening to score uh, a goal like that for uh, in recent weeks. Had tested the keepers quite a few times in in recent games and has kind of been the the shining light for Norwich. I'd give, as a match rating, I'll give it six out of ten because it was very scrappy, particularly that second half when Brentford really bombarded Norwich and put such heavy pressure on and Norwich were just clinging on, if, if we're perfectly honest, in that second half. But for how they played in the first and how they set up the win, I'd say fit, a fairness rating, 60 out of 100 is, is about right. But all those celebrations just how relieved they were it, it felt like they had just removed that bit of pressure going into the international break and as you can see from the body language in in the way that the Norwich players were really going for it the way that Farker was doing his celebratory waves and everything with the the Norwich fans they didn't know what was about to happen they didn't know that it was literally about to come to an end uh, obviously some very good moments under Daniel Farker but now they're only 5 points adrift from safety and a new man will come in and they might just have some hope. So that was Dave Freezer, Norwich fan. He's very happy. And uh, he actually sent us a recording and he, he had to change it. He sent it to us straight after the game. And then he went, oh, no, we've just had a call. And uh, yeah, Daniel Farker's gone. I'll have to change it. The Norwich sort of club called us in. So I've got to change my recording. So it's uh, it's not the same as what he said earlier on, but I think the sentiment is exactly the same. He's obviously a bit gutted, obviously, because they, they like Farker. It's one of those sort of kind of love, not hate relationships, but they just, you know, you know, I think the fans are a little bit, little bit, little bit torn, you know, on Farker going. But anyway, we shall move on. I'm going to ask you guys, listen, Brentford, I mean, this is a tough one because we didn't obviously didn't play great, um, but we did some good things in that game. So who was the eye catcher for you, Laney? Uh, yeah, it's a really difficult one, isn't it? You know, I think Brian and Bumo's 
probably my my man of the match. I wrote I wrote the match report this morning, um, and uh, although I thought Rico had a, a decent game, I thought Mumbumo was was the one who was involved in pretty much everything positive that we did. He he he, he did have energy and real pace, and there's a couple of times he he chased down balls that I thought were going out or you know wayward passes that um, that that. that Norwich were probably going to intercept, and he he, he used his sort of afterburners to to to, to get the ball. Um, I thought you know he was unlucky being caught offside. Um, he was lucky with the finish. Still, it took a deflection to to find the back of the net, so it wasn't a clean strike. But yeah, Mbumo was probably the 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 one player. I thought um, you know he was he was the Brentford eye catcher for me, and I you know out of ten. I give him probably a you know seven you know he still he still wasn't at his best and he could have shot as a couple of times he had the ball where I thought he could probably pull the trigger but yeah seven out of ten for me for Mbumo. Okay, and and uh, Tom, uh, Sam Godos was my eye catcher. I think he came on. I think he uh, was prepared to try and take people on. He obviously put in a, a wicked cross for the goal, um, and I think he's a criminally underrated player. I think. I think he does suffer from that. Um, something that's been a bit of an issue for us in, in recent years. He's a bit of a square peg in a round hole and he's an easy target for fans to get on the bat. But the guy's a baller. And I think he did more in the, whatever it was, half hour that he had yesterday than others around him. I'm not going to be uber critical of, of certain individuals. I think, you know, look on any social media platform and you'll find out who, who where the fans' eye is currently directed. But... Um, yeah, I thought Godos. I thought he's, he's just he, he picks up the ball. He wants to drive forward. He, he seems to be the only one that, at the moment, when he's come on and he's had a couple of recent appearances, where where he looks like he wants to attack. Um, so I would be pleading with uh, Thomas Frank and Co to consider starting him. And interesting. I mean, Godos as well. Interesting because obviously for the uh, Burnley game as well, he scored a great goal. And, uh, you know, people actually thought he also was a, a shining light in that game as well. And it's one of the strange things with Godos. He came with so a little bit of hype because we were going to get him the year before in the place of Malpay. It didn't really happen. And by the time he came and he isn't quite sort of, you know, he isn't Malpay. So I think there's a lot of, you know, confusion and slight disappointment with uh, with Godos. But he's a different type of player. But I hear that. He's a number 10. And the problem we have with, with employing number 10, we don't employ a number 10, at least not in the current model and, and, and shape. And so I think, again, I think he's been unlucky because he's played out of position. He's put stuck out on the right wing. He's put in as a number eight. Uh, he's brought on with half hour to go here and there. He hasn't been able to show us his true worth. And he's... Cl- a false ten, yeah, yeah. There we go. We're, we're we're always pioneering new ideas, aren't we? A false ten, um, but yeah, he's 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 a baller, and and he and he just got to do more. Yeah, he's he's able to do more. That's right. That's right. And just for me, quickly, my 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 Brentford eye catcher actually. I mean, Godos was definitely up there. Um, you know, it was it, it, again. It wasn't great for Brentford, but you know, you have to look at a few players. But I thought if you go back to it as well, a defensive year. I know we let in two goals, but one of them was a penalty. But I thought even Pinnock again. I mean, I say Ethan, we pick him out a lot. I thought Ethan had a great game. You know, he's so cool and composed on the ball. He's so strong as well, and he's um he's he's you know he's just he's brilliant on the ball. And I think he he, he shifted out when we sort of changed for. Formation as well, and I just think that. And he was <laughs> he started to overlap as well. So I mean, I just think Ethan Pinnock is such a brilliant player, and he surprises me every time because he starts doing things. I, th- I thought that he was quite a sort of slightly one-dimensional, but there's definitely a, a lot more strings to Ethan's bow than I ever thought. But anyway, listen, you know, we talked about the Brentford eye catcher. What about the opposition? 
you know, who was the opposition danger person for you? Tommy L. Uh, probably the goal scorer, Matthias Norman. Um, I mean, he's sort of, he's their Wendia replacement, isn't he? And, and he took his goal well. I mean, we made it easy for him, in fairness. I mean, like what, three or four players had a chance to clear the ball before, before it finally found its way to him. Um, and, you know, he took his goal with a plomb. Other than that, I mean, I don't want to do them a massive disservice, but I mean, it was a pretty poor game of football, to be honest, generally. And, and, and he, he was probably the one that stuck out for me. I don't know. Yeah, and that's not mess, that's not really giving him a glowing reference, though, is it? I mean, that was about it. He took his goal well. He was a little bit threatening. I mean, they completely faded in the second half. So we were told by uh, I think it was Dave Freeze actually, and and also Talk Norwich City. They said to it that you know Norman, he's the key person. If he if he gets if you get given the ball and he'll start to control midfield, he's the one to look out for. So yeah, big call that Laney. Storming Norman, yeah, I, 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 I won't pick the same player because, but I, I think he was he was the danger man. I, I'm gonna go Tim Krull. I thought he um, he pulled off a couple of really excellent saves, uh, and he was instrumental in them keeping their noses ahead. Um, the, 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 the two saves from Norgard. Uh, on another day, they they go in. Well, they don't. On another day, they don't go in actually, because Norgard's had several chances in recent weeks, and he hits them too well. Uh, and the goalkeepers have pulled out worldies, or just had you know been been in the right place to have a you know the perfect reflex uh, save. Um, we, we we need those to be scuffed and hit the floor first, so the ball bounces and the goalkeeper doesn't stand a chance. It's it was straight it was straight at him, and that's not a criticism of Norgard. It was a, it was a beautifully sort of connect beautiful connection. You know they had power there, but uh, yeah, Tim Tim Krull he, he played a massive part in that win yesterday. So fair play. Yeah, you and you both picked players that I would have chosen for my uh, opposition danger person, Krull and uh, and. You know, and Norman most definitely, and for me then. So, so I thought, let me go different as well. Let me see whether or not it's a, a toss-up between Pookie, who obviously scored the goal, and he caused us a few problems with his his runs. You know, there's an argument to say whether or not a defender should have been picking him up or not, whether or not he should have the opportunity. He got he obviously got pulled down for that penalty as well. But the, I'm going to actually go for a player which we also we all went, oh, he's actually all right, isn't he? You know, which was their left back, which is Williams, the number twenty-one. As well, and I just thought that he had a good game. He was causing us problems. He was, you know, he's quite, he's quite found quite a lot high up the pitch, you know. And like I said to you, they were kind of pushing us back, and he was, yeah, he was definitely creating us some problems, William. So I'm going to give that to them, you know. So we picked three different players for the opposition danger person. Moving on, I'm going to ask you what was, <laughs> and I've actually got them all piled up now as well. What was the stinker of the match, Laney? God, there's loads. We're gonna, we're gonna. Hopefully, we'll have a different one. Um, um, I'm going to go for. I'm not gonna. No, I was gonna go for the the, the time wasting, but I'm not gonna do that. I'm gonna go, and I'm not gonna go the referee because. But I'm gonna say the referee letting um, Norman back on the pitch just when he he could he he was able to tackle our player. It was like he'd gone off for one of his several. Uh, um, treatments. I think it was Norman, um, and uh, and the referee allowed him back on the pitch, but just when the ball was in the area that he was running onto, and I just thought, how have you allowed that to happen? So uh, that that was the stinker. I think you know, yeah, I think he lost control of the game, the ref. But that was a a perfect 
uh, encapsulation of just how he wasn't reading the game because there's no referee in his right mind would have let a player on after being off injured that he was allowed to come on and, and basically intercept the ball. I think he actually came on and made a foul. Um, but it was, yeah, it was a really odd decision by a, a referee that was making lots of odd decisions. Tom? Uh, oh, yeah, like you say, queuing them up, where to start? Poor individual performances, rubbish officiating, odd subs. But I'm going to go for uh, Charlie Good playing as a, as a striker for 20 minutes. Um, being perfectly honest, I thought it was desperately unfair on the bloke, you know. Uh, like, what's he doing up there? I mean, he literally did nothing. And uh, if you're going to do that, I mean, you know, at least put a centre-half up there who's going to carry a bit of threat. You know, Pinnock, who can win the ball in the air or put in a decent cross or, you know, a bit of composure ball. But Charlie Good just looks so out of his depth. I mean, I just thought that really sums it up. It reaped a little bit of desperation. And... Um, uh, yeah, I just didn't work. You know, he just just didn't work in the slightest, and I just thought we'd sum the game up really. Do you think that? I mean, I'm not being funny, and we're second guessing here. Do you think that he? Uh, do you think it happened because they were just basically trying to get the ball into the area, up into the air, and just cause loads of problems in the area? Because obviously Charlie Good isn't that great with his feet, but if I remember rightly, I think he scored a goal in the playoff. Um, final for Northampton uh, again I'll have to check that out but I'm pretty sure that he did where they, they sort of lumped him up the front there and in the end he, he kind of put the ball in the back of the net somehow so is it a case that we just thought tell you what let's just get as many people up the top there and create problems because um, you know we've got their game and we you know we're, we're losing now and we're not going to you know if we, we feel that we can contain them with what we've got let's just get, get let's get more bodies up front Maybe, maybe. I mean, you, you like to think that, that everything that the club does, both on and off the pitch, is measured and thought about and calculated and all the rest of it. And, and yeah, maybe there was a plan there or maybe they done worked on it in training or something. But the, the simple fact is it just didn't work. It was, it was, you know, it just didn't feel right either. That was, I think that was the other thing, you know, it was, there was just this sense that, well, what are we doing? Like, there's nothing there. Um, you know, we had, we'd been playing those long balls up to Tony he he'd sort of half stopped contesting them. I think you know he's he's sort of feeding off scraps a bit at the moment, and he was getting a bit cutting a bit of a frustrated figure. So sticking another bloke up against alongside him, I mean, didn't didn't help either. So it was just very muddled and um, uh, and just baffling, really, and, and and ultimately just utterly redundant and pointless. Yeah, I mean, I'm just wondering whether or not you know the stinker for me is um, Rico Henry coming off when he came off because he'd, uh, he'd scored the goal and then I think he played on for a little bit then he came off now I understand them about talking about making tactical substitutions to to try and change the game but you know Rico was you know for, love him or hate him you know well, I don't think anyone hates him he's a brilliant player he's he's always causing problems Rico and he was always there to cause problems and I thought that he was you know with, with, with the width that he was giving you know and the speed that he's got we could always cause some problems and we also had them pretty much pinned back in the second half I don't think they've created anything and again all the Norwich fans said to us listen the second half mate you came at us and you're probably unlucky not to get anything out of that game so I was I was quite surprised that we kind of just relinquished <laughs> the game that we had with somebody like him who was obviously uh, had them slightly with their backs up against the wall so I think that for me was 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 a stinker of the game but anyway listen let's let's move on because we want to know as well let's what else have we got here um oh yeah of course because uh every game well, most games hinges on key moments and I, I just want to know Tom what was your key moment of this match uh, 
for me, it was actually the disallowed goal by VAR. I, I thought, you know, it's one of those things where you were there at half time, we've been completely abject for 45 minutes. Um, and as a fan, you're sitting there, well, we've got to come out of the blocks. We've got to come out hard and, and we've got to go out there and we've got to get an early goal and that'll make a difference. And I know that we didn't score that long after it, but I felt it was a bit, you know, the, the, there's that, for us in the stands, is that initial joy and then VAR robs you of that, obviously. And, and I just felt that brought a slightly horrible air of inevitability to proceedings. You know, it was like, that's just not going to be our day, is it really? You know, we thought he'd scored a perfectly legitimate goal. As Laney said, it, it was slightly fortuitous, um, the deflection it took on the way in. And I just, there was that sort of, you could sense it, you know, in the West Stand particularly, it was just this, all the air, all the wind just got taken out of ourselves. And I said, I know we scored quickly not long after, but I, I think if we that goal had gone in, We'd have come at them. We would have probably got another one quite quickly, and then it's a completely different ball game. But as it was, they managed to take the sting out of us, and I think fans weren't quite in tune with what was going on on the pitch yesterday, or can't went fully behind the, the team either. And I just think that probably was well, certainly the point where I sat, where I stood there, and went, it's "Not our day." Laney. Uh for me, I went. So when we scored I, I I looked and I it was around just after we scored I looked and um, there was 20 minutes left on the clock and I thought that's way enough time for us to get a second and I I, I, I thought I, I was really confident that we would do that um, then and I correct me if I'm wrong and sorry if I've got you know I've, I've identified the wrong player again but I'm sure it was Norman because he was the one with the blonde highlights um, and he went down um, tactically, I think. He might have been injured, but it, was, it wasn't quite the delay that, that it ensued. He, his injury, or the, the treatment for his injury, took all of the wind out of our sails, and um, it, it, I, I looked at it on my watch, and it used up over three minutes of time, and I know the referee added you know, the, the time back on, but at that stage, we were we were kind of blitzing them, and I just thought, okay, it doesn't really matter. It's, it's not like the last five minutes, and they're wasting time. There's twenty minutes to go. There's 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 enough. But before that injury, I, I thought the, the 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 momentum was really with us, um, and I, I thought we could get at least a point and maybe go on and win it. But that that injury on with with 20 minutes to go it was almost when when i looked up next it was almost like it's 15 minutes to go so yeah that and for me just quickly it was actually uh it was the first goal <laughs> it was the first goal which unfortunately not like last week which came under th- after three minutes so he gave us a three minutes extra on this one we had a, an extra three minutes so it's a six minute and it's also the way that goal came you had you had you know basically the, the, the fluff clearances were so bad they were just so terrible like you know I think even Ivan Tony, who's normally great at doing this he just had a fluff clearance you could just tell that they just weren't on their game you know and when that first goal came the thing that it did is it killed the crowd so, you know, Norwich didn't need the crowd on their backs. So all of a sudden, it killed us as the crowd. It killed the team's confidence. It just killed everything. So I think that that first goal, and also it got Norwich and their peckers were up. Before they, you knew it, they were all over the place. They were all over us. So that first goal for me was definitely the key moment. And uh, if they hadn't scored it, it actually could have been a very, very different game. Anyway, to move on, just quickly, just just give us a quick summing up on positives and negatives. Laney, just a quick summing up there. Uh, the positives were there was a re- there were very precious few. The positives were there was a reaction at half time, 
uh, and the that Brian Mabumo was was got got minutes back, um, and we saw a bit of Yanel. Uh, uh, the negatives were I haven't got enough time in this slot for for the negatives. There were way too many, uh, um, and you know. I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna take a pop at fans for balling the the, the, the team out again today. But um, it, it was just that. Yeah, the, the the negatives were just that we're the the energy levels are so so weak, and uh, we need we need this international break. And uh, you know, looking at the league table now, it's it's not quite as uh, it's not quite as reassuring as it was. Just three, quickly, three, just talk about fans. Ago. There are a couple of fans. We, we heard that there are some fans that left in the north stand as well after after we went two 0 down and just said this is horrendous, this is terrible, and they sort of left as well. That's what we heard. Well, from they, the they didn't jumps. say that. They, no, no, they said we've had enough of this shit and walked out, which 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 is kind of like really it's a really odd thing to do. And, and the other thing I'd say as well, Bill, the bloke on the the, the podcast, the post-match podcast, he said after the, the second goal, he was like appalled by the um, the players. So, but he went and had a beer at two 0 down. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking, really? <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm not gonna <laughs> I'm not gonna ball out individuals. It's like, but the, the the team need us. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, we, we've got no divine right. We're not. We, we're not. We, we can't. We can't be looking at games going. You know, oh, you know, we're not gonna win every week. You know, we, the, the the team need us as much as we need them. You know, like walking out halfway through the first half, it's a bit odd. I thought, but there you go. Yes, yes. So just quickly as well, and tell you something. Um, have, have I done yours? Is VAR disallowed? Wasn't it, Tom? Tom, that was my uh, that was my key moment. Yeah. yeah, you've got yeah you've got the key moment. So listen, so give us your positives, and negatives, just quickly. Uh, we've touched on most of the positives. Godos Rico's performance and Pinnock again was 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 absolutely faultless. Uh, negatives, it's pretty clear. Again, you touched on this, but, but without Raya's distribution, we're, we're really struggling. Um, the shape stroke system does seem to be faltering. Uh, I mean, I have a bit of deja vu over it. It, it feels like uh, uh, 18 months ago, two years ago, when, when, when we crying out for a change of shape and all of a sudden that, that, that reignited us. It's, it's like the players that we currently have available just don't fit the shape. And that's what it feels like. And of course, another injury. Zanka went off after, what was it, 12 minutes or something? Seemingly innocuous and uh, various rumours flying around social media at the moment. He might be out for a month at least. Uh, that's another a worry, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, and, and for me, you know, positives, Godos. I mean, Godos is a positive because he's one of the players that you thought, mm, if he comes on, you know, whatever, now you're actually seeing him as, the, as one of the talismans. So I think that's a big positive. On the, the negative, the injuries, we've gone on about that, but this is actually really key because this is really going to change our season because, you know, it just goes to show you how things can change in a minute. And I think the injuries could really, really cost us and we need to really see if we can come up with something. You know, I was talking to my chums, the Premier League chums, and they said to me, listen, you know, I know you don't do loans, but maybe you, you might need to have a loan some who's up and ready and up and running to to try and make sure that they can sort of plug some holes for you in January if you need to, which is an interesting thought. Anyway, just quick, yeah, just quickly, just coming back to this now, the day out, um, fans, your way day, the the, the the day out, the the vibe, the atmosphere. Tom, uh, it was my birthday yesterday, and uh, I was Happy having a great birthday, time. Mate. Thanks, mate. I was uh, I was having a great time until about quarter five. Um, yeah, it wasn't great. Like uh, again, a bit like the players, it seems we're 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 very capable of getting ourselves up for the perceived big games, and then and then maybe there's the lesser ones. Is that maybe there's that slight trepidation that people are thinking, oh, bogeys are a bit more awry. Doesn't help when you when you're a goal down after six minutes and a sloppy goal as well. You know, and I always feel sorry for fans at that stage because it's hard to get going. It's hard to sing about your team when when they're just 
being rubbish. It's like it's it's, it's not easy. Um, so that was a problem. Also, there was what happened with Hey Jude at the start of the match. That was an um, it was like sort of a just a clip, like a bit of it, and that was it. And I was like, no, that's been actually a real go-to thing for us this season. It's been a real thing, really noticeable thing that really gets us stirred up and and and, and riled. And and yeah, why didn't we do that? What, what happened yeah. there? Yeah, yeah, that was. I was going to bring that up as a mistake, actually. How the hey Jude, you know, trying to us being sort of very, very, um, you know, superstitious, and all of a sudden the full hey Jude wasn't there, just a clip of the hey Jude, and uh, that kind of sort of uh, threw us. So normally, when you actually like when Brentford kicking the wrong goal in the second half as well, it's kind of it was, it was one of those situations. I thought as well. Some people are saying it's because of the, the uh, because of the uh, the the Remembrance Day ceremony beforehand. We didn't have the time, so we actually had to cut it. So that may be, be the reason why. But I think that definitely threw us. Um, yeah, so you've you done there, Tom, on your uh, away. Uh, Mark's yeah, out of 10. yeah, I mean, not, not Mark's much. Not, Mark's out of 10, two and a half, three. Okay, mm. Laney. Uh, I thought, to be honest, from, from where I stood, sat, I, I can only ever kind of comment from that. I thought the atmosphere was, was, was pretty decent. I didn't hear any of the toxicity that others did. I didn't, I didn't hear any of that. So um, I thought we sung pretty much during the second half and got beyond the team and they had a decent reception afterwards. So I, I, I thought fair play Brentford. I thought Norwich City fans were the best I've seen. I thought they were loud and they are having the most awful season and for them to turn up in those numbers and be that enthusiastic and that supportive before, during and, and after the game I thought that was incredible there's quite a lot to learn there yeah, yeah so marks out of 10, Laney? Uh, oh, oh well overall uh, yeah, three <laughs> three out of 10 as well and for me I'm going to give it a three out of 10 it's not my fault but you know I didn't get to the game till late because I thought I was playing a game in the morning so I missed out on that one and then after the game I had to shoot off early because I had a bit of a family uh, situation uh, at home after the game so I didn't have the full pre- I mean I managed to get the, the post-match podcast done but I had to shoot off as well to go and see a family member who was not particularly well so that was kind of crammed into having seen a horrible game where the atmosphere I thought I said it was, wasn't the best at all it's one of those ones we keep saying we have to raise the atmosphere for games like this but we couldn't do it because obviously we're letting a goal after six minutes and the vibe wasn't 100% there it's hard to kind of get them going so for me I'm going to give it a I'm going to give it a three out of ten as well um, and the away fans I thought they did to be fair they did well and it's one of those scenarios again where it's uh, you know it's uh, you know listen they've got nothing to lose they're on a day out they're coming out of Brentford all of a sudden bang your team's won it must be the most wonderful feeling in the world we know that because we've been there listen just quickly the fair result I mean listen the fairness of the result as we know in for goal, in for goal every week when you're talking about XG they talk about the fairness of the result as in 100 is very fair and naught is absolute travesty um, Laney what is your fairness factor on this game? I, th- I think I went sixty, didn't I? Um, because I think it was—I think it was pretty fair. Uh, if you look at the chances that were created, um, I know we bossed it in terms of possession and probably XG, but I—I I think that they—they they had a couple of big, big chances. Second half, Pookie missed one. Um, I don't know who missed the second one, but they dragged it past the, 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 the left-hand post, and I think they, that could have been—they could have gone three up. If, before we, we scored and they had two late ones so they had big chances so I, I don't think it was particularly unfair um, another day we get a draw so yeah 60% a Tommy L yes it's interesting what 24 hours kind of um, just let the dust settle and you sort of change your view on that I, I've gone 65 uh, I was tempted to go a little bit higher um, but yeah overall 
we got what we deserved, and and I think it, I think Norwich got what they deserved. So yeah, you know, it was, was a kind of fair middling kind of result. Um, I can't really say much more than that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, okay. And and for me, I mean, I I actually went fifty on that one is because I actually didn't think it was a fair result. Just looking at it, I actually thought that we should have got a. I thought we should have got we should have got at least a draw out of that. If not, we could have got a bit more. Obviously, it's about taking your chances. The goalkeeper, you know, number of number of really good saves as well and good blocks you know you know for the record as well obviously you know team uh, pookie penalty um oh, well penalties are up to 80 percent now on, uh, on on in for goal so eight out of ten penalties are scored now so um obviously there's a big chance for for for, for norwich there with pookie on 29 minutes with the penalty but other than that they had what two maybe one one other chance in the area as well which was uh, you know one other chance in the area which is Pookie on 48 minutes which was 15% one five and then they had the, from the edge of the area they had McLean just uh, on you know 40 plus 90 plus six you know and then you know Normanson's goal to be fair you know on six minutes was what one in ten chance of that scores normally but other than that they had nothing inside the area whereas we if you look at it we had massive massive great big red spots right in the middle of the six yard box 3.13 is our XG to 1.34, you know, and, you know, we had sort of Norgard, you know, 56 minutes, which is what, what six, six out of 10 normally go in the back of the net. You know, Canos on 88 minutes, you know, nearly one in two of those go in the back of the net. You know, we had Henry at 60 minutes. Well, that's, that's the goal that he scored as well, which is, uh, you know, one in two normally go in the back of the net there as well. You know, Norgard on 14, you know, one in two normally go in the back of the net. We had some massive chances just there. And on top of that, we had, had probably about eight or 10 chances in the area as well, which didn't happen, you know, for whatever reason reasons Norwich's defending was great blocking whatever it may be so I'd say that was unlucky you know the actual fairness factor on this was 48.48 which is actually saying that it, the fairness was uh it was actually in the orange going into the sort of like basically not fair zone you know the Brentford should have got a lot more out of that game but they didn't because it's come down to again us taking our chances and we're not taking our chances and there's a lot of conversations at the moment about you know Ivan Tony, and we're not knocking him because he's got a great game what he does but you know Ivan Tony, we discussed it beforehand is that exactly you know does he need to you know does Ivan Tony need to be leading the line a little bit more you know or is there reasons for the way that he's playing but anyway we need to move on League recrap, league recrap. <laughs> I'm going to say it's a recrap. Freudian slip there, mate. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't that. It was actually uh, that was actually planned, actually. So Redford, <laughs> you know, we've actually gone down a few places. We're down to 14th now. We've still got 12 points in hand from 14 from 11 games. You know, we're just below Southampton, who are on 14 points, and Leicester City on, I'm not sure what they're on, actually, because they played, they're probably on 15 points now, because they actually drew the drew leads, I think. Everton as well on 14 points, and Tottenham Hotspur, are, oh, well, they're playing tonight, so I'm not sure what it's going to be as well. And then just below us, Aston Villa, who Dean Smith has just been sacked from Aston Villa as well for losing five games in a row. Um, they're on 10 points, so they're two points below us. Watford below us as well, because they lost as well today to Arsenal, which we're quite happy about, you know, on 10 points. Leeds United are on 11 points. They're a point behind us as well after drawing today. I believe they did, unless they scored late on against uh, against Leicester. So we're kind of creeping. We're looking back down at the moment now. I mean, any results for you, Laney? Kind of caught your eye. 
Yeah, the, the the Watford the Watford defeat. Uh, obviously, that was important. Leeds not winning. Um, they 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 took the lead, but then uh, Leicester equalised. Uh, yeah, we we have, we have to be looking at literally all those teams around us. I mean, Burnley got a point at Chelsea, which was a decent point, but it wasn't a win. Um, and you know, Newcastle uh, drawing as well. So I mean, it's, it's just it's just important that everyone around us doesn't doesn't pull away, and we can get through this stinky run and uh, start picking up points again, which which we we are going to you know I think it's going to be a season like that uh, That I think yeah I think the Watford game was probably the most significant I would normally look out for Norwich but they seem to have won this weekend I don't know who against yes yeah I might have to look out for that Tom yeah no, no real result as such that I was looking out for but more just a general sense of what's going on around us elsewhere you know Norwich have just sat their manager so there could be a bounce factor there for them uh, they might find some form Burnley do appear to be finding some form. You know, point at Chelsea is a good point, uh, and they obviously won the week before against someone. Um, uh, yeah, Ranieri's in at Watford. You know, Tinker Man tinkering away. So it's just that slight niggling worry, uh, uh, and I'm generally not a pessimist. You know, I've been pretty positive about our chances, and and, and as Dave says, it's it's a stinky run, and we will come through it. But I'm just a little concerned about what's going on around us you know uh, Newcastle might spend heavy in January uh, new manager so as yeah. well yeah so that, that's what bothers me it's like you know everyone says oh well you only need three teams to be worse than you and it's like well if you look at it right now there's probably about six or seven teams down the bottom end of the table who are all on a bit of a par yeah okay and and you know and for, for me I mean I, I'm, I'm the same as you Again, I'm looking around what's happening around us now. Like I said to you, looking at 5.38, which we do every now and again, it's kind of interesting because we're looking down as well as half at the moment now. They've got us finishing at the end of the season in 14th place on 45 points. They've got us finishing one place above Leeds United, who are in 15th on 44 points, two above Aston Villa on 44 points, three above Burnley, who are going to be fourth from bottom, they believe, on 39 points. I believe that is. And, and then Watford, Newcastle and Norwich, they got finishing in the bottom three places. You know, 34, 32 and 27, they've got those bottom three teams. But obviously, you know, things can change quite a lot. And this is only just a predictor based on what's been going on at the moment now. But what's more interesting is that, you know, our um, our, 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 our chances of relegation <laughs> have gone up slightly to 12%. It was 9% before and I think it was like 5% before. But it's actually creeping up a little bit, I think. So uh, I would like to see those chances of relegation, you know, uh, 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 creeping back down again, like you know, you know, Southampton are just above us are nine percent, Everton are eight percent, you know, Bulls above that are five percent. So we got to keep on, you know, we need to just rack up a few more of those points so that we can actually kind of keep ourselves in the clear. So anyway, look, give us a summing up, Laney. Give us your thoughts, your summing up, your vibe. What are you feeling? Thank God it's the international break. Thank God we've got those four games out of the way. Um, we normally sort of like we, we kind of predict how many points we'd be happy, be happy with between the international breaks uh, we would have we would have been disappointed this time for sure um, we got more than we, we we dared dream about in the previous one so um, they've just averaged themselves out probably I, I, I think in my head getting having two or three more points in the bag now 
would would make us feel a, a whole lot better than where we are. I'm not really looking over my shoulder yet, and, I, and I'm really not going to be dragged into this kind of pressing the panic pants button thing. You know, if if some fans have got that already, then then okay, that's that's your prerogative. But from my perspective, you know, we, I, I know in my in my heart of hearts we're going to be fine. Um, but this season was never ever going to be about us kind of pushing for winning every week and pushing for Europe you know it's 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 a learning process and we are learning and sometimes the lessons aren't nice ones so yeah my, my summing up is let's let's hopefully come back rested with a lot more energy and then let's go up to Newcastle and do them so flight flights cancelled definitely Laney yeah um, no, I, I don't rule, I rule nothing in and nothing out. You know, it's a nine-month season. Let's 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 see where we are. Let's let's see where we are then. You know, I, it's. I think I think we're we're, we're going to do much better than we are at the moment. Don't worry about it, Tom. Uh, yeah, I agree on the international break thing. I think it's come at a good time for us. Absolutely. Uh, I just hope we do something with it. Uh, my nagging concern at the moment is is the shape. Uh, yeah, I think we've been here before with these with these three centre halves at the back where. You know, it works for for a period, and then we get found out, and and it doesn't seem to be a system that has much of a plan B. You know, it's back to those sort of old days where where plan B was do plan A better. Um, I don't think with the injuries, it suits the players that we currently got available to us. Um, I think it does nullify um, Rico Henry somewhat. I think he's better in a flat back four. I think he just seems to get higher up the pitch more in a flat back four when he's just a bombing fullback as opposed to a wing back. I think he's a little unsure of. When they go forward, when they go back, whereas when he's in a four, he just looks to his right and goes right. They're two, those two are there. Norgard's there. I'm off. Um, so uh, that worries me a bit, uh, and I would like to think that they're working on that and possibly considering a change of shape. The, the problem with it will be who plays right back, but that's a, you know, let's see if, if that happens first. And I mean, summing up. I mean, there's no, there's no great summing up. You know, we're, we're not, <laughs> summing up is that we're, uh, we're, in a, we're in a bit of a bottom of a pit at the moment. Now we just need to dig ourselves up. So, as you said, two weeks off, and fingers crossed we can come back and we can dig ourselves out of it. I'm just, uh, I'm just a bit worried about the, uh, I don't know. It's, it's the psychological. Is that the moment now? Is the one thing that worries me? I don't know, but I'm just wondering, hoping that psychologically our players haven't taken a bit of a, a bit of a kick to the nuts. And, uh, and and for me, summing up, I'm hoping that we can take these two weeks to get them psychologically back on track. But anyway, listen, been great chatting to you guys, talking about the weekend review. Don't forget to check out this week. We're going to have a Her Game 2 podcast uh, sometime uh, later this week, maybe Thursday or Friday it's going to come out. So check that out on prideofwest.london. Um, other than that, like I said to you, I'm Billy Grant. I'll be sitting here with the chums. Lady. Good evening. We've also got Mr. Tommy L., the newbie in the house. Thanks very much. Cheers, Billy. Cheers, Cheers Tommy. That's right. And like I said to you, I'm Billy Grant. I'm sitting down here and I'm very glad it's International Week. I'm going to go off to a San Marino and I'm going to hope that England actually score more goals and Brentford have done the last few games and that'll be a little bit more happier and then I'll feel much better. But as we can say, if we can get ourselves back, we can get ourselves ready. We're all going to go up to Newcastle. We're going to have a lovely weekend up in Newcastle, but we're looking forward to that. We'll be back in a few weeks' time, as we say. Come on. Come on, you be yes.
Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk Sport. Powered by fans.